1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Christopher Iyer looks to be on his way out of Celtic in a deal worth £13.5 million. Fashion Sakala checks in at Rangers training ground for his first day on the job and Kilmarnock's win against East Kilbride on Saturday has been overturned after they fielded an ineligible player. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Wilson. The wheels eventually look like they are starting to turn in the transfer department for Celtic. Christopher Iyer obviously looks like he's on his way out and a decent fee at that. But Ange Postacoglu needs players in soon started with Leo Abra three and a half million quid sounds like not bad business but he's yet to prove himself Carol Starfelt heavily linked looks like he could be the next one in Brandon Soppy also being linked so players need to get in and not a moment too soon because the injuries are piling up for Ange Postacoglu ahead of Tuesday's game against Michelin and across the country our teams are fighting to get fans back in Rangers only allowed 2,000 fans in for their friendly Celtic, Aberdeen and Hibs all want more fans in for European football when will the government let them in? It's about time now surely well, that's what Mark Wilson thinks. What do you think, as usual? Whatever is on your mind, whether it's transfers, Christopher Iyer, European qualifiers, League Cup group games, the situation at Kilmarnock as well, make sure to give us a call 0141 951 1025 or send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. I think there's only one place to start. It's that news today coming out of Celtic. It looks as if they've agreed a deal to sell Christopher Iyer to Brentford for a deal worth somewhere in the region of £13.5 million, first reported in the Telegraph down south today. Iyer, of course, coming out last month on international duty saying he'd hope the club would keep their promise he says they made to him last summer of selling him in this window now Mark if that goes through for a fee you know as it's reported £13.5 million do you think that's good business from Celtic's perspective? I do I listened to the show earlier in the week and I heard some some people thought he was worth more than that to hold out for £20 million. but you need to understand the full situation with Christopher Iyer He's got one year left He's made it clear He does not want to stay He was given a promise last year Which suggested That he already had this In his mind So When someone comes along And offers you 13.5 million For a player who's 23 Who you bought for 500,000 He's gave you a great return He's played You know 170 odd games um, I think that's good business It fits the model That Celtic have worked to For years And yes He will leave a hole Because Look, he has got good attributes. He's he's recognised in the international stage as well. But when Celtic bring these guys in, and they've they've brought a few in this preseason, also the model is five years down the line they sell them on for a much bigger fee, and this just fits the bill. If Ayer wants out of there, then Celtic had no choice. When I heard you the other night saying that Celtic can not back twelve million pounds for him, I was amazed at that. I thought maybe they've ruined their chance because it's so precarious. You know if People just hold on You rightly mentioned that If Ayer ran out to Christmas time He walks away for nothing So for £13.5 million I think that is good business from Celtic well, Celtic fans What do you make of that news? 0141-951-1025 If you want to have a chat First up is Paul and Airdrie Paul what do you make of that news today? Uh, I think uh, 13 I, uh, Good evening guys For a start Hi Paul And uh, Right, so the I I thought the thirteen and a half million. I mean, I, I think that's all right. Uh, could we have held it for a bit more? I'm not very sure. You said it yourself a minute ago. A year left in his contract. 
plus he doesn't want to be there now. I think Christopher Ayer has been uh, above average at Celtic, um, and he's done well for the club. But you know that defence where he was at, he lacked in a lot of places at times. And I think it's maybe time for Big Ange to pick some players, and he's done well over the last seven days, ten days or so. Uh, with the four players he's brought in, they look quite good. I saw the uh, a bit of the Bristol. I've never seen the whole game, but the Bristol and Celtic, and uh, uh, I was quite impressed with him. It was it was a bit um, like the old days. It was a bit rough and tumble, you know. Um, but overall, it's pre-season. Um, we're, 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 once we get up and fit and everybody's back there was a lot of guys who weren't there the other night um, uh, Ryan Christie uh, I mean, I mean we'll come back to that point Paul we'll let you come back in just on Christopher Iyer first of all if that deal does go through Mark the the big question is what is next for Ange Postacoglu in terms of bringing players in because at the moment you look at Celtic centre-backs without Iyer Stephen Welsh Osazi Oragidi who's just in the door, 20 years old, and near Beaton. Yeah, well, they've left themselves desperately short in this department. You know, the, the Celtic hierarchy would have known this was the plan for Ayer. You know, Ayer says he hopes Celtic would have stuck to the promise. So there's no surprises here. A year left in his contract, he was never going to sign, he was never going to stay on. He was linked with clubs, AC Milan and, and Norwich and things like that. Do you think January all this should on. have been sorted out beforehand, though, if, if Celtic knew that he was going to leave this summer? Do you think it maybe should have... Obviously, the manager situation is a tough one and they were chasing Eddie Howe and that didn't work out, but is this something that, in advance, they maybe should have looked at and thought, right, we're going to lose Christopher Ayer, surely, this summer we need to get a replacement in the door right for the start of pre-season yeah well the, the problem with that is that the, the head of recruitment went pretty early as well as the manager um, there was nobody to make these decisions of who was coming in so I mean Peter Lowell just couldn't go and pluck a name out of thin air and bring him in so the problem you know it's a domino effect if you don't have a head of recruitment and a manager you leave yourself in this position you, everyone knows Ayers leaving but what you do is you leave yourself short and inexperienced at the back And that's the way That's where Celtic have found themselves Now Carol Starfield uh, Has been heavily uh, Tipped and rumoured to come Will that happen? I mean Ange Postacoglu Needs somebody experienced In there um, Who's commanding uh, And could be relied upon And Ayer Ayer probably has that character Just now and, and was that character For large parts of last season But You've got to say Welsh Beaton you know, Very short Urugidi We don't know what we're really getting with him So It's a big Void And another void Because when you look at it All the all the positions we were chatting about Goalkeeper Centre midfielder This that and the next And left back Right back Centre half is another huge one And Your biggest and best player Has gone out the door And you haven't replaced him Do you want to come back in Paul? I was just going to say uh, Is that Mark there? Yes Hi Paul Hi Mark You're, you're the, the, the back Has been a problem not just for like the new, for what was uh, Big Ange going to do the new, but it's been a problem in the past for a good few years, you know. And I think what Celtic really need to do is like totally strengthen that area once and for all, and just get good uh, pay pay top dollar for the best or as close to the best as you can, because I know Celtic's a business, you know. I mean, did Celtic try and do that, Mark, with Christopher Julian, who came in, 
maybe didn't impress as much as, as his price tag would have thought and then he's obviously had a long term injury yeah. now I think that was about £7 million they spent on Huge Christopher money. Julian yeah well they've tried to do it um, and it hasn't worked you could have had Shane Duffy into that who could be seen as a big money signing that they thought would, would pog that gap you even look at the back line Lacks out You think Wow This guy AC Milan £18 million price tag He's going to be great Didn't work um, So that side It has to be much better Any listen, I know More than most That Celtic fans Love attacking Free flowing football And entertaining But any good team Is built On that solid foundation And it was proven So many times That Celtic didn't have that They created plenty of chances Scored You know Lots of goals last year but the problem was the other end And Ange Postacoglu For all he's saying is You know I like to play on the front foot And I like attacking Pressing through the front That's great That's brilliant Fans want to see that But if you can't get it right at the back Then that's all for nothing So This is a A, a, a key position That he needs to get sorted out I think it's right that Ayer goes If players don't want to be there I don't think it helps the cause In any way You'd be as well getting them in And if you're getting 13.5 million He's got to be allowed Himself to identify and spend that money And fill in that position That right back area Seems to be quite a glaring one As well Because obviously Jeremy Frimpong Left in January John Joe Kenny came in As his replacement On loan for the second half Of the season Neither of them Are at the club anymore Anthony Ralston Signed a new contract And he's the only Sort of senior Centre back on Cel- uh, Right back sorry yeah. On Celtic's books That's I mean it's staggering uh, At one point You know Going back to my time there was always three right backs there who were competing with each other. And international right backs, I mean, there was, you know, Andy Hinkle and Chad Uree and myself. Then there was Lustig and Adam Matthews. And there was always a battle. Celtic have left themselves in a position where they've got Anthony Ralston, who's been at the club a long, long time. And I believe that he is a good player, but certain managers have not fancied him, so put him out alone. So it tells you that he's he's hardly going to be first choice. Brandon Soppy, another one that's been linked, but we keep hearing linked, linked, linked and no action can into this European tie and the league will come really quickly you need to have a, a, a greater depth of squad to cover these positions and, and you need someone who's going to be your number one right back and I don't think they've got that either at the minute Yeah and the problem with the European tie is that Celtic need to submit their squad for the Mitchelland sort of two-legged tie by midnight tonight they then after that point have until I think it's midnight on the, the night before the game that they can register two more players if they bring in other players so say for example Carl Starfelt comes in but then there's a bit of confusion about you know whether Russia I, I don't think they're on the green list so will he have to self-isolate and will mm-hmm. he miss that game so <laughs> it, it looks I mean Celtic are, are running out of time certainly to, to get really any more yeah. players in for that game and Look, you could excuse them if this game popped up out the blue and they thought, wow, we've been handed this fixture and we didn't know it was coming. But you can't. This fixture has been pencilled in for a long, long time and it's just been too slow from everyone at the club. And I, I, I do not blame Ange Postecoglou because he's trying to get so many ideas across. He's trying to get a, a team on the pitch who's actually fit because injuries are piling up now. That the transfer targets Yes he wants them to be at the forefront But it's incredibly hard to to juggle all that at one time So they've left themselves short, shorter players in shorter time And it's, listen there's only one way that will eventually turn out for you in the Champions League Well thank you to Paul 01419511025 on the phones Laurie is next up in Deniston Laurie what's on your mind tonight? Hey panel good evening first and foremost I, I would like to thank Chris Ayer uh, for his contribution 
uh, to Celtic's cause over the last few seasons. He goes with my blessing. I understand the guy is ambitious, and he's looking to strut his stuff on a bigger stage. Uh, Celtic have made a handsome profit from it. In addition to him leaving, uh, I think also, in respect of Edward and Ryan Christie, if their desire is a leaving, to me, it's totally pointless in trying to hold on to captive high flyers who don't want to be there. So we'll get the money in and we'll, we'll strengthen the squad. I do think, uh, I listened to Frank, uh, the caller last night, and fellow Celtic fan. I mean, we'll, we'll take that point, Laurie, and, and let you come back in. Laurie makes the point about Odson Edward and Ryan Christie. Those are just another two names on what seems to be a, a never-ending to-do list for Ange Postacoglu. If Christopher Ayer is to go out the door, there's another two players who, one of them is out of contract next summer, one of them is out of contract in six months' time. Yeah, yeah. That, listen, I'm with Laurie there. If, if they want to go then I believe you should let them go. Obviously, you need to get the right offer. And for them, you know, Celtic will be scrambling to get what they can for Ryan Christie because, like you say, six months' time. But Edward, you'd hope it's upwards of what they're getting for Ayer. But I believe it does damage the team if there's players there who openly admit that they don't want to be there or they want to go into other things. I'm like, Laurie, what is the point? You'd rather somebody in there, another couple of players... Who are pulling in the same direction as you And know you're going to get some longevity Out their career at Celtic Laurie Absolutely And uh, let me just uh, reference Frank The caller from last night uh, Who made a very valid point uh, About you know Our expectation should be tempered With a dose of reality uh, And uh, I think uh, As he said And I agree with him entirely This coming season For me Will probably be one of transition uh, well, I will also say the big guy, Postacoglu, uh, it's very difficult what's happened to him. He has came in at the 11th hour uh, after a farcical saga eventually came to an end. So protracted about Eddie Howe. It was a saga that was running almost longer than a mousetrap uh, of the archers. And that guy has been left, uh, let the, the fella uh, holding a parcel the moment the music stopped. Uh, we need some serious signings uh, and the only thing I will say, where perhaps I did disagree with Frank last night, is uh, Frank, I felt, uh, was rather dismissive uh, of the Champions League. I, I think it'll be a tall order to qualify for the Champions League, but there are 30 million good reasons why they should uh, try and get into it. Uh, and I think it's going to be very, very difficult. Uh, this guy, Postacoglu, he's came in at the 11th hour, as we all know, uh, and he said very little time for any preparation. Yeah. I mean, Mark, you were saying that you know it's good business getting the money for Christopher Ayer. It's pretty good business getting yourself into the Champions League group stages as well. Yeah, of course. Every every Celtic fan, every Celtic player, and anyone associated with the club wants to get to the Champions League. It's the nights you remember. But you, you've also got to remember the prep work Celtic have done in years gone by and the squads that they've possessed in years gone by and where they were as a club and they still didn't progress to the Champions League so it looks like an almost impossible task and if Postacoglu can pull it off then he'll have the Celtic fans eating out his hands you know within a few months he'll think he's the Messiah right away but I mean they've left him an incredibly difficult job to, to even get through this round never mind further rounds this round is going to be a tall order. You touched on it earlier on just about 
the injury concerns that seem to be building up at Celtic last night there was the game against Bristol City I'm sure the kids are calling that one the Mark Wilson derby um, <laughs> oh, but, that was a classic much like my Bristol career um, but I mean players coming off injured Barkas was meant to start the game yeah. didn't make it through the warm up Ismaila Soro Mikey Johnson Karamoko Dembele all taken off injured Odson Edward didn't feature after being taken off in a previous game James Forrest has been self-isolating so we're not really sure what stage he's at in his recovery Ryan Christie wasn't involved either yeah. We don't know what his, the future holds for him But there's a lot of players on the treatment table And on top of that Other other issues in terms of just not having the squad numbers Exactly, the squad's thin as it is You know, in, in terms of quality It is thin as it is So when you start adding injuries to, to promising young players And players who are coming back Like Mikey Johnson Celtic fans want to see him Because they know what a talent he is But the boy can't keep fit for whatever reason And that's hugely Frustrating for him I've been there Sorrow People think he could Replace Brown Who knows what his injury is And then you get The bigger players Like Edward And your Christie's And your Barkas Those are the guys Who would probably Be certain starters Come Tuesday night So loads of question marks And a bit of a headache For Ange Postacoglu This week Well thank you to Laurie 01419511025 Give us a call And you could be up next you are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141-951-1025. If you've got anything on your mind, I should I should say lifesaver, Mark Wilson. Now, shouldn't I? After the oh, last few days, yes, certainly should. Uh, it was on a first aid course, so. How, oh. how fun's that been over the last few days oh, when it's been really really sunny outside <laughs> and you've been wow. sat in a classroom the I whole mean, time? I was absolutely buzzing when I got allowed out for my lunch and seen it was 25 degrees and I was stuck in that classroom. But hey, I can save anyone's life now, so if you, you take a tumble... I tell you, that's all the more motivation for me to keep healthy because I don't want Mark Wilson giving me the kiss of life anytime soon. Ah, uh, well, just oh, say dear. the words, I'll be there. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones. A bit of Rangers news coming out today Fashion Sakala arriving at the training ground For the first time today He of course signed a pre-contract At the end of last season I think a few complications When it came to, to quarantining And different things like that But he's um, eventually he's, he's in the country He's been at Rangers training ground He's been at Ibrox today One of um, Rangers signings this summer He's obviously come in on a free transfer So is John Lundstrom It'll be interesting to see how he fits in Because it, it's quite a crowded area That front <laughs> yeah. line for Rangers You've got Morelos, Roof, Defoe, Itton, Ryan Kent, Scott Wright There's yeah. a lot of players in there Bit top heavy uh, However Stephen Gerrard does have uh, a number of players there to choose from And he's got a number of good games coming up To, to give them all a a, a run out But Fashion Scala um, I mean it must have been Incredibly frustrated You know you're sitting there And you want to get Integrated into your new team You want to get introduced To your teammates You want to actually start playing And when you see Arsenal This weekend Followed by Real Madrid Next weekend With, with two games Of Brighton and Blackpool In between You want some game time Before the season kicks off The following week So Rangers fans will be happy To see him in the door And, and it's just another one At Bolsters Rangers squad just chatting about Celtic there being thin and having a lot of young players Rangers are the complete opposite you know every area of the field they've got plenty in there and they just keep bringing in more so Stephen Gerrard will obviously have a plan to move some on but certainly looking like a strong squad at the minute We've talked about how quickly Celtic's first European qualifier is coming round on Tuesday night you then look at Rangers schedule and as you say I think they've got four friendlies lined up they then play Livingston in their league opener and then it's their first game in Europe 
with that extra preparation time, you know, I think it's probably three weeks until they play their first game in Europe. How much of a boost do you think that gives them just all that that extra yeah. game time ahead of it and that extra preparation as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we spoke about it for years when Celtic have had to go into these Champions League qualifiers very, very early. You know, and we've been complaining that we don't get the right preparation because teams are sometimes well into their season. And for Celtic, you know, they've only played a couple of pre-season games. They're not a hugely important game. Rangers have got that luxury uh, of getting guys plenty of minutes in their in their legs, but playing against quality opposition. Now, I know Arsenal and Real Madrid won't be up to full speed, but the quality of players they'll, they'll field... Is a good test what, Hibs gave Arsenal a, a very good game there They got a bit of a helping hand From the yeah. the young Arsenal goalkeeper That was in goal for them But a 2-1 win at Easter Road For yeah. Hibs over Arsenal Not bad It's always good It's always great when you see One of your clubs Beating one of the, the top Or the big six uh, As they call them Dundee had a good result Against West Ham as well Who were exactly. very good In the Premier League last season So some, some good pre-season results I know you can't really read Too much into them Oh, and, you, and do when, oh you do <laughs> when we beat English sides Andrew Definitely. You do when we beat the big guns Don't take the credit That's yeah. it Yeah But uh, I mean Stephen Gerrard Would have looked at this schedule And these games will be designed To get them up to speed For the, the European kind of element And, and trying Um He's utmost to get them into the Champions League Because that's what he badly craves He's been there as a player He's done it, he's won it He wants to take Rangers in To those group stages And it's an incredibly hard road But the preparation is all lined up for him to do it 01419511025 on the phones Aman is a Celtic fan in Govan Hill Aman, what's on your mind? How do you I want to ask Thingy Mushroom there Sorry I forgot his name Mark Wilson Sorry Mark The, the disrespect <laughs> thing, yeah, thing listen, Mushroom I, sorry, I don't sorry. mind that man <laughs> <laughs> Sorry right what, What's happening here My Rangers are signing players right And yet they can't sell one player right There's wee bids are coming from here That you hear papers say But yeah Celtic are losing players Like Ayers meant to be away Christie's gone away Edward's gone away right And we sold Flimpong Who I thought was about two, two million pound player And we sold him for 11 million I mean, well, well, that's not my main point now, but I just want to ask Mark, what is that? Why are Rangers signing about 30 odd players, right? And they can't sell one. And but, they're Celtic. But I, I mean, there's the thing that, that maybe Rangers, I mean, Rangers have said they, they will maybe need to sell this summer, but will, yeah. our man's talking about some of the Celtic players going out the window Ayer, Edward, Christie. These are guys who have basically run down their contract and, and f- Celtic are kind of forced well. their hand into selling. But of course, but all these guys have said that they want to leave. Now, it's incredibly difficult. To, to keep players when they want to leave you, you don't get the best out of them And the flip side of it If you're saying why can Rangers not sell anyone Well I don't believe they can't sell anyone But I don't think they've got Morelos chatting Stephen Gerrard's door Saying I want to leave Because if that was the case I'm pretty sure Gerrard would Phone whatever club's interested That was Portal last week And say listen let's do a deal And he'd be out of there as quick as possible Think about a successful team And when you've got contracts that Run longer than a year Guys genuinely want to stay about You know they don't They don't rush out the door So Rangers will have to move on some And I, I do think there will be One or two Big ones in there Whether it's Morelos or Kamara But certainly the fringe players Will move out to Allow room for these guys coming in I mean Mark Mark Is that being hey, Mark Can I ask you something But you can only sell a player If somebody wants a player I yeah. mean it's all hearsay in it I mean, Celtic, it is until they get an offer Yeah Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly. true So, yeah. so the, what the problem is It's just all hearsay My point's not that I mean I hope Celtic do get rid of these things Like the main Christie and I That's about another 30-40 million Plus 
with the Celtic fans, how many millions have they put in? That's outstanding. That, I mean, I, I, I clapped them, you know what I mean? Well done, good season tickets after the last season we had. But, you know, it's just that, you know, it's just amazing how Celtic run as a football club is, is the players are wanted, yet Rangers are just here to... But, uh, or am I wrong? Listen, no. no. Well, we don't know. We don't know if Rangers have had bids for certain players. We, is it not just uh, a case of certainly, certainly history shows that, that Rangers went through a large period where they just didn't have sellable assets? There just well, wasn't just, players yeah. in their squad that people were willing to pay money for. I suppose this summer is the real test whether clubs will come in with, with solid offers that um, they Rangers will get, will... They will get tested and, and Rangers will sell players this summer. I'm convinced of it because like a man saying there, the squad is too big, you know, and, and Stephen Gerrard's obviously bringing in a, a freshness to it that he knows he'll move people on. Now, the the bids are getting, who knows what they'll be, but success, when you get success domestically and you could class their European run as success, people then sit up and take notice and bid actual, you know, hard cash for them. So it will be a test for Rangers, but I'm convinced we'll see some of them go next year. But in the Celtic side, I man, it's all right having all the money in the world and 30 million quid and what are you going to do sit, sit with it in the bank and, and put out a youth team or a young players you need to spend it you know no, no no no, no. That, that's what I'm saying right even if we don't make the you know Champions League this year right I hope we do is a 50-50 chance everybody's right Celtic off but I still think it's a 50-50 chance you know beating that this mob next week and then they just beat them with four by four goals or something didn't they so I'm sure Celtic will give them a good game but after that what I want to ask you is Mark is once all these played, do you think Celtic give Rangers a good a good run for their money for the league? Um, uh, Forty million pound that we have. A man, I honestly could not answer that at this time. My honest opinion right now would be no, because I'm looking at the Celtic squad at the minute, and there's so many holes in it, and there's going to be a couple more when Edward and your Christie's and that go that I can't see at the minute. Now, what you say there, if Celtic then spend the money on quality players, and we're, we're seeing one or two starting to come in. Then probably ask me that question in probably about four weeks' time to see where that Celtic squad sits. But at the minute, I mean, you cannot see it. I mean, that, you look at the Celtic squad at the moment and the squad that's going to line up against Mitchelland. You think it it should be completely different from the squad that'll end the transfer window and the starting lineup that Ange Postecoglou should be able to put out by the end of August. Yeah, well, well, it should be, and I'm sure he's desperate. The problem with the full thing is again, Ange Postecoglou's come in now. When did he come in? Maybe about four, five weeks ago or whatever. And he's putting his ideas into place, and these players he's got on the training pitch, these young players. And he's going to be adding player after player in the next probably six weeks. You've got to get the ideas across to them. So in six weeks down the line, you know, you're integrating, you know, bits at a time rather than having a full squad to work with. So again, that might take a bit of time to get up to speed, but his squad definitely has to look stronger in, in five or six week time than it does uh, sitting here tonight. Aman, how are your confidence levels at the moment with the way things are going in the transfer market for Celtic? Do you know something? I was panicking, man, until the last night I heard that. The two boys have signed. Well, the third one, the boy from the Defender and the Israeli boy signed, so he looks like a good player. But then again, you watch YouTube, everybody's a good player, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that is true, aye. That is true, Is there any Mark Wilson compilations out there of your, your greatest hits? Uh, I don't even think I made it to a, a YouTube <laughs> reel, but... We, and we are man this one I've watched plenty of players um, And even when you get offered them uh, As a manager Here's his YouTube reel And you go wow And you know they don't do it But About that It does look 
like he's he's a creative player who can score goals. Um, whether that comes to fruition, time will tell. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Thank you to Aman Alan is a Rangers fan up next. I don't know why I said Alan like that. I thought it would sound good. It's just Alan. <laughs> Alan's up next. There you go, Alan. What's on your mind tonight? How are you? How you doing, guys? All right. It was just in regards to the uh, that previous caller there. Obviously, talk about the transfer things and stuff like that in terms of Rangers. We have kept our our transfer things quite close to our chest. Oh, I think Alan's come out there. We'll see, we'll, we'll see if we can get him back. Um, well, what Alan was saying there was that, that Rangers have kept our business quite close to their chest. I think the John Lundstrom deal kind of proved that, really, didn't it? Because that one wasn't a sort of prolonged saga. I mean, Rangers certainly seemed like they wanted him previously, and then mm. it all went quiet. And then within just sort of a day, really, it sort of cropped up that he was going to sign and. And then he signed Yeah uh, there, there hasn't been many stories uh, About Rangers being linked To X, Y and Z um, And there hasn't been many stories Of them uh, Or, or players really getting out the door Apart from Morelos And uh, just When Aman was talking about Rangers not selling anybody If you remember last year And probably seasons gone by With Celtic It was classed as Good business uh, In the transfer window That Celtic kept their big hitters You know guys like Edward And and whoever, Christie or whatever who was playing well They kept to managed to keep them at the club So you could argue Rangers are doing the same But Rangers fans will like the way Stephen Gerrard does his, does his stuff in the transfer window He obviously has a, a good rapport with these guys that he signs He goes and meets them face to face And before you know it, they're in the club There's none of this prolonged, dragged out nonsense that that you see sometimes So um, I, I believe that's the way to do it You know, announce to the fans when they're actually coming um, and uh, listen, uh, you can't don't blame Celtic for that. That's <laughs> the press and the media obviously get wind of certain things coming out and and print it and get people's hopes up. But Rangers are are doing it slightly different. And the thing is, there's there's just less cause for speculation at Rangers because there's less business to do this summer. Yeah. Celtic need to bring in a number of players. We've got fans, you know, coming on the phone saying we need to sign. You know, you ask them, is there any one area in particular, and and they'll list about eight different positions. Whereas with Rangers, if you're asking Rangers fans where they need to strengthen, it's a case of well, you know, I, I think we've done good business so far. Yeah. Not really it's very sure. Difficult yeah. to pick a position. At Rangers just now That needs to be strengthened Or filled There seems to be back up For every position Opposite uh, Celtic I, I do believe though The Celtic fans Are crying out for someone That Has a wee bit of experience I'm not talking somebody That's 35 But somebody who's An established player At their club With a, a good number Of appearances behind them uh, That can come in Right away to the team Because it's great Signing these young players Like Ayer And selling them Five years down the line I've seen loads of them Come in and not be sold five years down the line They've been loaned out and disappear And I think the Celtic team needs a mix uh, of both They've signed a couple of younger ones in pre-season Now it's time for the experienced guys To be signed to bolster that squad Do you think Carl Starfelt who has been linked to He's the type of player, I think he's 26 He's got a, an international cap for Sweden Is that the type of player that Celtic need to be looking at Right now to try and yeah. add that experience And... and just a bit of you know players that have of game time at a higher level. Yeah, I, I believe that's the the right mould that Celtic need. They need a good few of those guys who recognised internationally, played at a good level, twenty six, a great age, um, good stature about them. Those are the the type that Celtic need in to make them, um, you know, more robust, stronger as a unit. And then the younger ones can fill in round about them, and they'll bring on the younger ones. But if you put in these young guys with guys who are wanting at the door. Um, at the same time, it's a recipe for disaster.
Well thank you to Alan 01419511025 If you've got any thoughts After the break We'll be touching On why Kilmarnock Have had to forfeit Their game that they won Last Saturday 01419511025 This is Scottish football's League leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. I was just reading a story there during the break of uh, over in Italy and Serie A from the start of next season, they're banning, putting a ban on all green kits. That's, that's, it's one of these stories you look at and it seems like it's some sort of like April Fool's joke but genuinely <laughs> it's, apparently it's like driven by TV companies and they don't want the players blending in with the grass it seems a bit strange I mean people have had colour TVs for quite a while mm, now that's a, that's a hard one to explain it'd be yeah. a hard one to sell in Scotland I think yeah. how many teams in Italy play with green strips anyway? Um, many? I mean Sassuolo in the top flight certainly mm. um, there'll be some away kits that they've had over the years but uh, that's a bit of a that'll be reversed Imagine that happened in this country They were told A, a team was told Not to play in a certain colour I think I'd w- want think... to do the phone in that night Yeah No we'd take the night off That night Andrew Me and you 01419511025 If you want to get involved um, You touched on it earlier as well Mark um, Rangers came out yesterday Said they were frustrated At only being allowed 2,000 fans Into their friendly Against Arsenal On Saturday Celtic have the same Number against Preston on Saturday Motherwell I think it's Queen of the South They're taking on They've got 2,000 as well we then changed to level zero and, and it all changes after that Celtic are pushing for I think around 18,000 for the game against Midtjylland we're still waiting on the decision from Glasgow City Council on that one where do you stand at the moment with the, I, the numbers being let in I'm I, honestly fed up with this situation I, I mean it baffles me the the reasonings that you get uh, or, or lack of them when you see what's went on this summer and I get that they were UEFA driven and some say test events But Come on When you've got a, We'll take Rangers first A 50,000 seater stadium And you've got all the protocols there To host More than 2,000 fans I, I don't know exactly how many Rangers Will try again But of course When you look at the size of the stadium Everybody could be social distanced The travel arrangements could have been made The stewarding could have been there Easily done But I mean it's almost like the government forgets that these football clubs have to run and of course Rangers will always survive but the smaller clubs you know like your Motherwells or or whoever are trying to get fans in to to start um, money coming back into the club and they're just point blank refused again it is it, it seems very strange to me when we've witnessed you know the Euros in, a, uh, in England and I know they've got slightly different rules but come on it, it's about time we let the fans back in in some form a decent numbers You know It's never going to be Full houses Right away But We can let in a bigger Proportion than 2000 Because I think The big test will come To basically The game on On Tuesday night Between Celtic and Michelin Because that's the first game um, First big game in Scotland After we go into level zero The rules change at that point Which means Clubs are allowed 2000 fans Into the ground And can request Special permission To get more than that I think they need to submit Sort of documents And, and safety regulations And how they're going to Operate the whole thing um, Celtic as I say Wanting around 18,000 Waiting on that decision From Glasgow City Council now But I suppose that'll Sort of point us In the direction of How quickly crowds Are, are going to rise Depending yeah. on what the number Allowed into Celtic Park is Because that'll have A knock on effect um, you know, Rangers obviously playing the likes of Real Madrid coming up. Rangers fans will be mm-hmm. want to be in for that one as well. Yeah, and you look at the other clubs in our league. Aberdeen, I believe they've put in the work to get five and a half thousand in, or roughly about that. Hibs as well, I think maybe nine thousand. Um, 
And you just hope that these clubs have put in the work to try and put these protocols in place and shown you would think that it's safe to do so under guidance and rules. And if it gets rejected again, and I need to reiterate, after what we've seen in the past four or five weeks at the Euros, then you have to ask why. You know, our fans can be trusted, or we hope our fans can be trusted, the majority uh, that want to be there and support their team. Um, So I, I just hope for the sake of the players as well, you know, that it's great to have that back in behind you. It's been sorely missed. And hopefully it's just round the corner that we get some form of decent numbers in. I was watching an interview with Josh Doig today, actually, and had never played for Hibs in front of fans. Obviously broke into the team last oh, season. Course, had never it? played for Hibs in front of fans. Wow. Played in front of, I think it was 2,000 against Arsenal or, or however many it was against Arsenal Easter Road. And he said he was blown away just by, yeah. by the atmosphere. And you're thinking, you know, if he's blown away by that, what's it going to be like when he eventually well, gets in front of a full You crowd? know what? That's, that's a great point. I never actually thought of that. There will be players at Cobbs last year who have never experienced their home support. And the pressures or the support but the pressures that that also brings it so just I you know young boy it was at Queen's Park you know and played in front of hardly anybody when he's at Easter Road and he's playing in, in one of these top games where there's 15,000 there how does he react to that does he thrive does he get better or <laughs> you can quite easily go the other way a few times I went the other way Andrew <laughs> with some of my performances when I heard the big groans but um no, I, I actually didn't think of that So it'll be interesting to see how some players react If we do get the numbers back in well, we'll give you that news of the crowd numbers when we get it Another story coming out today Was that an SPFL tribunal has awarded East Kilbride An automatic 3-0 win over Kilmarnock uh, From their Premier Sports Cup game at Rugby Park Because Kilmarnock fielded an ineligible player So Tommy Wright's side have also had a suspended fine of £5,000 That was because Danny Armstrong was substituted on 72 minutes in To their 2 victory when he should have been serving a one match ban that should have been carried over from last season when he was at Wraith Rovers that has got to be up there surely with one of the worst starts to the season for a club yeah uh, listen as a ad, ad man either there's no doubt about that but I hate when I hear things like this you know that it was a substitution that meant nothing in the game it was clearly an error and although it might not mean a lot in the the Grander scheme of things Of how this turns out For for Kelly Going forward You know You just think There's an easier way Of doing it You know Or a better way Than reversing The scoreline You know You actually feel For the person Whose mistake it is Because I can imagine Tommy Wright And his reaction Not being best pleased But I just Believe there's better ways Of doing this Andrew Than and reversing the scoreline I know teams have been done with it in the past But come on Common sense surely prevails Yeah well Kilmarnock Released a statement today They apologised once again to fans And they said After quickly investigating the circumstances We have immediately added an additional step To our internal pro- uh, procedures To ensure this cannot happen again 01419511025 Peter is a Kilmarnock fan Up next Peter What have you made of this news today? Oh it's- Kicking you down, eh, Andy. You know, I just wonder where it's all going to end. But uh, what I will say, I mean, somebody's messed up, we know that, and it shouldn't happen. But I think it was 2018, Hearts played the boy Irvin, and he wasn't registered, and they played him for the whole game. And they won the game 2-1, and they get docked two points. The result wasn't reversed. Yeah, I do remember this. I don't think he played for the full game. I think he was maybe substituted on as well. The The difference in the two situations was that Danny Armstrong should have been serving a one-match suspension. 
because of um, you know cards last season whereas Andy Irving that was a sort of admin error to do with officially registering, registering. the player so so they are different so it maybe is comparing apples and oranges a wee bit but you can still sense the frustration from, from Peter and, and you were saying ah, it yourself yeah. that it doesn't seem uh, a fair outcome well it's clear or not it's not affected the game in any way shape or form you know he's not come on and scored the winner or anything like that so yes we get it that someone behind the scenes has made a mistake these things can be easily done by the way you know especially if it's a player coming from a different club carrying some baggage okay you should check and Kilmarnock are putting steps in place to double check everything now but I just feel it's as unfair and you're punishing the actual players who have went out there and won that game uh, rather than uh, you know the, the person that's made the mistake you know with filling in a form Do you want to come back in Peter? Aye, I do. Uh, it just makes me, me wonder. Uh, Ball and Golly came on last year against Kilmarnock as a substitute. Because they gave everybody COVID. You never get awarded the game 3 0. If we had, I would have stayed up. Not that we deserve to stay up, but we'd still have stayed up. And it just strikes me the SPSL. They're, they're very quick with Kilmarnock. Last year, the same with the Murrow game. Them in St. Murray, they awarded them 3 0 defeats and they finally got overturned. But other teams have, have committed. Covid uh, breaches and nothing like this happens. I mean, I just, the, the, the fans had to pay a suspended fine, a ten thousand fine last year. It just seems to me that they're. I don't know whether it's. I think they're. I think they're actually to get us. I, I honestly do. I think because of the plastic pitch. I, I mean, I mean, surely if they were out to get Kilmarnock because of the plastic pitch, the SPFL, who who are just the member clubs, by the way, and, and the rules are all voted in for the member clubs, they would just vote out plastic pitches and, and say <laughs> yeah. you can't use them. But I, I think a lot of the situations Peter is referring to, a lot of them are, are very different. Ball and golly, despite the fact that he shouldn't have played and he should have been isolating because he went abroad and didn't tell anyone, he was still technically. Um, yeah, you those know. those rules at that time. I, I I can understand Peter's frustration because it's Kilmarnock fans that are getting punished as well. But those rules, that COVID incident, they weren't in place. And for me, they were almost getting made up as as the league went along and teams got punished. Um, but for this one, slightly different. The rules are there; they're in place. But again, I do think that some common sense should prevail in this one, where you know the circumstances. He's came from a different club. He's not come on and affected the game in any way, shape or form And it could have been dealt with uh, differently But the, the argument is that they'll have the SPFL or whoever The rules are in place and everyone should adhere to them As I say, I just feel sorry for whoever's made that mistake Because they won't be Tommy Wright's best pal at the minute I mean the Hearts punishment that they got I think they were docked two points instead of the result being overturned Do you think that that's more fair? Is that more in line? Or, or do you think that both are a bit of an overreaction? Um, listen, rules are there to be adhered to There's no doubt about that But for simple admin errors That people can see That there's no uh, malice in it in any way Or trying to gain an advantage Then those circumstances should be looked at differently Those uh, That 3 nil is not going to help on the goal difference either in the group <sighs> 3 nil. who came up with that score for a punishment anyway? They should I at mean, least that, get a bit creative with them Go for 5 fours or Exactly, just a 3-0 though It's a bit harsh or a 1-0 one, one even You're right, goal difference comes into it But uh, I mean I do feel sorry Peter and the Kilmarnock fans Think everyone's against them They've had a terrible season They're down They're docked uh, points Reverse 3-0 and they've got their big rivals to play in the first game of the season in the championship. 
Well, thank you to Peter, our latest caller. Thank you for all your calls tonight. Make sure to join me again tomorrow night. I'll be with Gary Caldwell. Johnny Campbell is up next.